Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the House of Mario. This encore, we celebrate 25 years of the Pokemon franchise with a special guest, it's Dane Peavy, and he's host of the Pushing Through Blue podcast. Dane, how are we going, my friend? And I'm doing well, mate. Ready to talk all about the Pokemon things, get all nostalgia with yourself, and uh, yeah, keen. Let's jump into this, my friend. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, Pokemon's near and dear to my heart, and I know it's near and dear to your heart as well. But before we get into the Pokemon stuff, just uh, let us know a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, what your podcast is about, because I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in checking that out. Absolutely. So my name's Dane Peavy. Uh, I am a host of a podcast, as you mentioned, Drew, called Pushing Through Blue. So it's a mental health awareness podcast where we have conversations with guests about their own stories and experiences with their experiences with mental health. Um, it's just a place where we can basically just download, have honest conversations um, and, you know, provide support and awareness and strength to those to make sure, look, you know, everyone's traveling on this road of life. We all go through ups and downs, you know, and it's absolutely fine to not be okay all of the time. Um, and we just have these conversations about um, our own journeys, you know, how we got through those journeys. And I think it's really important that uh, we start having these, you know, more honest and open conversations about our mental health, looking after ourselves, looking after the people around us. And yeah, really safe space. Like we, we talk about other things as well, we jump into anime and like all other things, you know, from all different people that come on the podcast. I'm a big anime fanboy myself. I'm into video games. Um, I talk about Dragon Ball Z a lot. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that we talk about, mate. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out the podcast yet, go check it out. Uh, let me know if uh, it's something that you enjoy and uh, hopefully you can get some value from it. Yeah, and I, you know, I've told you a million times, I definitely appreciate your podcast. And at the end of this episode, I'll be sure to remind people again to uh, go and check it out. But uh, I appreciate that, mate. No worries. So I guess back to Pokemon. Pokemon, like I said, really important franchise to uh, both of us and I've had uh, multiple other people on the podcast as well and I think uh, just uh, this time of year when we are just sort of thinking about the good things about Pokemon and just celebrating the franchise, what it meant to us as kids, what it means to us now, I think it's just really special and I just love having these conversations with people and being able to share it and maybe getting some different perspectives from some other people as well. So to start things off, how old are you? Just to sort of frame, you know, when you got into Pokemon and all that type of thing and what was your first sort of introduction to the series, whether it's anime, video games, comic books, whatever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mate, Drew, unlike yourself, I'm old. All right, so full disclosure to everyone, I'm an 86 kid, so which means I'm about to turn 35. So I've been around the block a little while. Uh, how did I get into uh, Pokemon? I guess when I'm looking back as far as I can remember, I probably – I think Pokemon the Games came out in 1998, so that's here in Australia. So which means that I would have been around about 12 when the video game first came out. Uh, so I would have been in year seven, primary school. Um, I, it, it's hard for me to remember specifically what I, whether I played the game first or I watched the anime. And if it was the anime, I'm a big anime fan now, and I think Pokemon for me was my gateway into anime. You know, because mm. I, I, I honestly was that, that that traditional Australian kid who grew up watching Cheese TV, you know, and and smashing Pokemon and and loving sitting there and watching, you know, the what it was it, um, uh, uh, the Indigo. I think it was the, the Indigo, the first one. Uh, yeah, the Indigo Plateau. 
Indigo Plateau. Oh, Indigo, Indigo League. Plateau was I think it's Indigo League. Sorry. Indigo League. Just yeah, in case I was, there's I was someone out there. Was Indigo Plateau. <laughs> Indigo League. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I was I was definitely on there. It was it was definitely my first gateways entry to to anime, and I loved it. I loved it. Um, and it led on to other things like Dragon Ball Z. Once again, Chi TV, and you know, and, and then you know, it just kept continuing. But definitely the video game, like. I remember the blue, you know, Pokemon Blue was my first video game. I remember I was 12 years old. I got it for Christmas. Um, and it was something that, you know, it was just something that I never never played anything like this game. And keep in mind, so back then, so it was on the Game Boy. I had your massive, thick, thick chunky, you know, yellow Pokemon. Oh, not Pokemon. Well, it could have been. could have been Pikachu. <laughs> no, but it was a big yellow Game Boy, you know, this chunky Game Boy. You know, and I, I don't think my parents at the time were very pleased with me buying this game because it chewed through my AA batteries, which at the time took four, remember, mm. and it would chew through these things. Um, so they would obviously, like, I'd just be smashing this game, you know, asking them to replenish these AA batteries, give me four, give me four all the time. I can't remember how long the batteries actually last for, but I remember they went fast, and I think it was even my introduction into rechargeable batteries where my parents just said, you know, look, just we've got, we got to do something here. So here's rechargeable batteries. Go for gold. Um, so blue blue was my first one. Um, and so, like, you know, I grew up in a school that was just heavily involved in fads. I don't know about you, Drew, but my school went through fads, whether it was like – I remember growing up, you know, in primary school being like, right, what's first? I remember earliest was like Marbles. And Tarzos and Pogs and things like that, yo-yos. If anyone remembers the old yo-yo Diablos, you know, I might be showing my age here, but things like that. Like our school was heavy, heavy into these fads. Like, you know, one kid's into it, every kid was into it, you know, it became an obsession. Um, and Pokemon was was part of that as well. And and even back then, like in, you know, when I was 12 and year seven, you know, this internet, this this ability to access information, didn't have it. No one had it. So <laughs> The information that you get when you're playing games and you're trying to find Pokemon and why have you got this Pokemon and I don't have this Pokemon, you know, what have you got in red and that I've got in blue, you know, all these things that you would just talk to other kids about, you know, what did you find and all these things um, you would only find through the conversations that you'd have with your friends. So it, it, it was a game that not only you invested in the game, but you invested in your friendships and, and finding new things and discovering things and creating memories from that. So... You know, and then and then from the video game itself and the anime, you know, then it just came the trading cards. And I've always been, I've always been in you know, when I was younger, I was always been really big into trading cards. This was back when you had like actual stores that you can go into and you know, they'd have walls of trading cards that you could buy and things like that. You know, I don't know if they're still around. If they are, I'd love to go into one again. But they used to be all over the place. And Pokemon trading cards, you know, used to be big. They were big. And I remember there was a local stop, uh, local shop like a corner shop type thing near our school. And, you know, the, us as young kids would go there after school and, you know, they'd, they'd stock Pokemon cards. And not only that, but the the owner of the store would be able to trade cards with you. So he was oh, like, cool. he'd be like, yeah. yeah, he was really cool. It was really cool like that. And I think, I think we had the opportunity to go to like other card stores, but we always went to this corner store because he seemed to feel like he had a basic knowledge of Pokemon but not really, like in the sense of you'd be like, oh, you know, um, can I trade, you know, can I trade you these two ordinaries for that holographic? And he's like, yeah, well, two cards are better than one. That sounds like a great deal. Let's go. Here's your Venusaur. Sweet. No worries. Cheers very much. Here's oh my, my Rattata. Um, so things like that, you'd just be like, it's good, you know, and and like I don't values and things like that. And monetarily wise, it was never a thing. I think I I love that. I miss that. But at the same time, I think that's something that look at now we'll probably talk you know a little bit about this now like 
what a time to be a Pokemon collector now. Like with, with, you know, if you're a collector, you know, whether it's pricing of things and values in the last, you know, two years going extraordinarily or just people sharing a passion that you've always been passionate about, you know, these, these influences that are out there now that are jumping on to something, maybe they were like similar to myself that were invested in back when they were kids. But now they've sort of been out of it for a while and all of a sudden there's just been this hype and conversations about Pokemon and trading cards and you're like, yeah, remember that? How good was that? And they're not just like, and then it's not just the now trading cards, it's the back then trading cards. So you've even got that more link and the more nostalgia to it. You're like, yeah, I had a blast toys. How good was that? My friend had that one there. He had a Charizard, he used to keep it in his pocket, you know, folded. <laughs> what a crazy man. It's you know, some like horror stories. Oh. And like just the kids, you just be like, you know, this didn't matter as much. Um, But then having said that, I kept everything in a binder as well. So, I I mean, I don't know. So like, yeah, so I guess that's a bit of a a blurb as to my entry into Pokemon as a young kid. And I think it sort of just grew from there as well too. Yeah. Well, that's really cool because you had, you're like the optimal age, like you're seven years old or eight years old or uh, however it sort of fit in when you first got the games and into the anime, like, you know, me being a bit younger, you know, coming along, I guess, you know, a bit later, I, I still felt like I got into the anime on like the very first episode and all that, but obviously it was a few years later and I didn't get into the games until Ruby and Sapphire on the Game Boy Advance in like 2000, but the end of 2003. So like there's a little bit of a, I guess a, a gap at the start there, but ever since it's just been, you know, it's sort of never left. I haven't been able to shake the addiction. Mm. <laughs> but uh, with the trading cards, like I appreciate I'm, that. Yeah, with, with the trading cards, it's it's really cool seeing like the originals sort of you know being so much in a spotlight on, online. You know, with what Logan Paul's done and uh, his original box break, which has made the sort of whole industry just go bang, uh, just mm. prices through the roof, and people wanting to do their own box breaks and that and. Sort of watching him unbox them. Like I, I only had a few cards when I was a kid. I had maybe like a few booster packs my parents gave me, and I put them in a folder. I'm like, these are cool. I like looking at the pictures. Um, I'll keep them as well as I can. And uh, there was a there's a pack my grandfather gave me, and um, when he went back to the UK because he he came from the UK, so he went back there to see family and friends. Then he came back, and he came back with a uh, a Japanese booster uh, pack. So okay. I only I only had um ten of these cards, but Whenever I see like the Japanese back of these Pokemon cards, all like all I think about is him, and they just remind me of him. So I've just got such like a deep nostalgia. I've just got such a deep nostalgia of uh, these Pokemon cards, just attached to you know family members and stuff like that. So a lot of that stuff means a lot to me. So seeing it sort of being around now is just really cool. And I never had a Hollow Charizard, you know, as much as a lot of people say how much that how rare it is, and that I never had one. I never had any of the starters. I don't think I had Kangaskhan and. Pidgeot, I think. I had, um, I, and I had to think about this today as to which holographics I actually pulled. Because, it, like, you know, when you're collecting, especially around kids that are also collecting, you sort of see everything. But you're trying to remember what your memories are with the cards that you actually pulled. I remember pulling Magneton a few times. I remember mm. uh, Hitmonchan being an, a common one that you would pull. Uh, Gyarados was another one that I, I think I, I pulled at least once. I remember um, Champ was one that came in the starter pack. So, like my entry into my entry into um, collecting the cards when I wanted to actually first, I thought, okay, well, there's actually a game 
attached to this trading mm-hmm. card game. Oh, funnily enough. Wow. <laughs> um, and, and so you would buy the starter pack and the starter pack would always come with the Machamp, you know, the first edition Machamp, you know, um, and you'd get all your energy cards and all the rest of it and everything basic that you need to play the game. So that was a given and that was probably the least like, oh, like I've got a Machamp. Yeah, mate, everyone's got a Machamp because everyone's got the starter pack. But now, who knows? I don't really know what the value of Machamp is. Um, I can't ever remember pulling. I definitely didn't pull a Charizard. I definitely didn't pull a Venusaur. I, I, I had a Blastoise, but I cannot remember if I made a trade for a Blastoise or I pulled it. I just can't. And which, which makes me a bit sad because Blastoise is probably one of my favorite Pokemon of, of, of definitely the three starters. Um, you know, going back to the video game side of things, I think it was sort of like when you had the game and you had the, the hardest decision of your life as a 12-year-old was to pick which starter you were going to pick, um, you know, I think there was a lot of pressure from everyone saying, you know, you've got to pick Charizard. Why, 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 I mean, not Charizard, Charmander, sorry. <laughs> well, you want Charizard at the end. Um, but, like, there was the, you know, there was the pressure to be like, like, well, everyone's picking Charmander. But, like, I, I, to be honest, I pretty much... I think a big Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur was really my favorite back in the day, Bulbasaur and Squirtle. Um, and then sort of, and then moved on to Charmander after that. But, um, but yeah, Charizard's always been a, Charizard's obviously always the, the most favorite popular one. Definitely is on a value perspective. Mm. But um, I mean, like out of all those cards, you know, the original, original, um, you know, generation one cards, I, I, I think Astoise is still the card that I, I look at and I think it's, it's awesome. You know, it's not worth as much as Charizard, but I just think it's it's a cool card. It's a cool Pokemon, you know. And and if I had that today, I'd be I'd be pretty happy. Hell, if I had any of those cards, I'd be pretty happy. Oh but, yeah, you know, that's just a nice card. You'd be bloody stoked. I would be like you would. Um, when it comes to like the the, the uh, first generation starters, I feel so boring because you know Charizard is one of my favorite Pokemon. And whenever it's like, if someone asks me like what my favorite Pokemon are, I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, there's Charizard there. And Pikachu, you know, they're both up there in the top ten somewhere. Mm. Not the top five, I don't believe. Or well, maybe maybe one is. I, I did I did an episode where I actually like um outlined my um top twenty five favorite Pokemon. So I actually had to go and order them all. And I went through them all. Oh, okay. And um Jeez. I came up wow. with I came up with my top ten pretty easy, but like the okay. the rest the other fifteen were actually pretty hard to Workouts, but I guess talking about that, what are your favorite Pokemon? I know that's a loaded question if you haven't um, sat down and listed them before. I know um, I had a Nato Johnston on uh, a few, uh, yeah, that episode came out today, but don't know when it comes out in relation to when people are hearing this, but he actually had, had like his whole thing written down just because he was bored one night. Oh, <laughs> let me, let me guess, let me guess. This is going to be like, uh, hmm, mm-hmm. is it Gengar? Is it a Gengar? That's his. That's his favorite Pokemon of all time, Gengar. It's definitely. It's up there. I think it is that he had. He had a few. He had a few. So I would have. I would have to oh, go. Really, yeah. really. I would be really surprised. Like every time I see anything Gengar, I'm tagging this guy. I'm tagging Nato. Going, mate. Here's your. Here's your boy. Here's your boy doing his thing. Um, favorite Pokemon. See, it's a hard one because I link the when it comes to picking my favorite. Like I'm mindful to whether I, I pick a favorite because of the cards. Am I picking a favorite because of, you know, the design of the cards? Am I picking a favorite because of the anime, because of the personalities and how they've portrayed them in the story of the, the anime? Maybe I'm thinking too heavy into this. Um, and maybe it's a game because, you know, when I played the game, it was my go-to, you know, that would destroy every other Pokemon, you know, mm. and I just leveled it up to the max back in the day through every other avenue, including <laughs> rare, rare candies. But this is going to sound weird, but 
when I was young watching the anime Pokemon series, I, I loved Psyduck, right? And yeah. Psyduck was probably one of my favorite Pokemon, if not was my favorite at the time. I loved him. I thought he was just cute. I thought he was like this Misty, and this is Misty Psyduck in, yep. in, in particular for the personality. And I don't know why, but he was just this underdog that everyone sort of just went, you're useless. Like, you're cute, but you're useless. I don't want to use you in battle. You know, you're just the hang tight next to me type bit and you just pop out of your box, you know, your, your Pokeball whenever you're not really necessary, you know. But, you know, and then, um, but I remember watching it as a young kid and being like, when they, when I can't remember the when he first did it, but when he gets the, he gets those most powerful headaches to provide the most powerful attack. And I remember there was two two specific moments in, in the anime series where it was like, or does it the far-fetch comes at him and starts whacking him on the head, you know, and just thinking like, how easy is this guy? And then he just turns, you know, and then yeah. he just destroys this far-fetch with the psychic power disable. Or when, um, you know, when he has the, the cloister, I think there's another episode there where the cloister gets thrown on his head and he just turns like Super Saiyan level by so, the psychic version of it. Things like that. I, I thought like it was moments like that. I'm like, hell yeah. Like go Psyduck. You just <laughs> destroy yeah. everything, mate. This, yeah. is, this is the unleashing the inner power of you. And it sounds really like Dragon Ball Z Gohan type bit. But maybe, and maybe that's the connection. Maybe I was such a big Dragon Ball Z fanboy. Maybe the psychic, maybe the, the, the Psyduck was that sort of, Dragon Ball Z linked to it. Um, but yeah, Psyduck was definitely up there. I remember Psyduck. Um, and on the same similar vein, the Magikarp. Like, you know, when you get a Magikarp and you're like, <laughs> oh, this, great, right? mate. You're, you're, you're horrendous because mm. all that you can do is basically splash. How am I going to level you up? How am I going to get you to evolve to what you, you know, your true power can be? You know, and even in the anime, they were just like, oh, mate, what a useless thing. And I think there's this episode from memory where James basically says, you know, out of Team Rockets, he says, you know, just kicks him, which has become the, the you know this total meme. I think it's even in like um, Pokemon Snap, where you basically got to boot this, you know, you got to boot or you got to hit it with the with a Pokeball or a rock or something, you know. So it's this become this meme to say, you know, get out of here, you you know weak uh, Magikarp. But then the Magikarp evolves and it becomes this super powerful Gyarados, you know, and then shows shows everyone like what it's actually capable of, sort of thing. Um, but you know, like those two, those two Pokemon sort of like resonate. Like I like those two Pokemon. Oh, those two. Out of the starters, I think. Out of the starters, I think it was always. When I was younger. It was it was Bulbasaur, but then in the middle, I was sort of like the Charmeleon, and then at the end, I liked the Blastoise. So it's a mix of all three. Okay. But like, if I had to go that way, that's sort of where I'm going. Um, and then Snorlax. Something about Snorlax. I just like him. He's just doing his thing. He's chilling out. Loves to eat food. Loves to sleep. Oh mate, sounds like a dream. Yeah, you know? and get and then someone whistles and he just he wakes up and he just does his thing. So, mate, how can you not like Snorlax? Yeah, like, never met anyone that doesn't like Snorlax. I was, yeah, I was about to say who doesn't like Snorlax because no one doesn't like Snorlax. Someone just taps on the shoulder, like I don't like Snorlax. Like get out, get mate, out. Of what? Here. Let's <laughs> unpack this. Why you? Why do you not like Snorlax? Tell me all the things. <laughs> why are He's you good. how you are? He's not bothering <laughs> anyone. He's just doing his thing, living his best life. Let's all let's all take a piece of that. Um, do you have what about any- you, mate? What what are your what are your favorites? Tell, tell me. I know you've got twenty because you've broken them down, but give me give me a handful of these ones. All right. So um, I, I I absolutely love Tyranitar. Tyranitar is awesome. It's probably my mm-hmm. it's my favorite pseudo legendary out of all of them, and it's one of the only ones that isn't a dragon type. So I don't know if that's a thing. 
Um, he's, he's just really cool. And he was one of my first Pokemon that was really strong. And I put a lot of effort into EV training him and, you know, doing all that, you know, nerdy stuff when it comes to competitive battling. Um, spent hours just grinding against uh, Goldeen, of all things. Cause, oh, yeah? Because they give you a, a more attack IV. So I was just watching TV, grinding that. Um, so yeah, got some good memories of that and, uh, Lantern really love that Pokemon sort of the, the Pokemon of the light bulb on its head. Mm. Um, went through that. Uh, that was one of my first level hundred Pokemon in, uh, Pokemon Emerald. Uh, yeah. Pikachu, Pikachu is an obvious one. I went through a phase when I was, I guess, uh, at school, but oh yeah, Pikachu's, you know, he's the popular one. I don't like Pikachu, but, uh, I absolutely love the love the little electric rodent. Um, so yeah, I, I've I've got a, I've got a fair few, but uh, yeah, but yeah, um, nice. Your your, fa- your favorite Pokemon? Do you have any that aren't Gen One? That like you know Gen Two and onward, or were they all sort of based in that early? To nostalgia? be honest, and th- and this is this is this is probably where it's going to come from. This different perspective on Pokemon. Like I look at yourself and you're like a savant when it comes to Pokemon. Like you've, you've invested yourself, as you said at the start, like (laughs) you may have not been in there gen one, but you've come, you know, you've come, whether it's in the middle or you've come towards just after gen one and then you've invested all the way through. Whereas I find like the difficult, difficult journey for me is this, is that I started off with 151 and I thought that's a lot of Pokemon. You know, <laughs> considering I've got to go to Toys R Us and download Mew from this machine, you know, like, because, wow, how old's Dane? Um, <laughs> and so, like, 151 were a lot of Pokemon to me. But then it's sort of just, like, you get to a point where you're like, oh, here's another 100. Oh, no, here's another 200. Oh, here's another 300. And you're like, right, this is where i just got to, you know, call the game and say, like, I'm, I'm out sort of thing. So I think... Anything to do with Pokemon is a real nostalgia hit for me. Anything to do with Pokemon, I'm probably heavily invested in the first generation. I have played the other games and I've enjoyed the other games. For me, I don't know what it is. Pokemon, you know, and video games and things like that, when it hits a, it's just in that element of nostalgia. It hits that nostalgia chord. And it's just like you were talking about how grandfather was giving you that pack it's not just a pack. It's a pack that provides you with memories. And mm. I think this is what's happening now with Pokemon at the moment is that people like me who might have been heavily invested back in the day in their childhood, um, you know, and have moved on sort of with other things or, you know, just escaped from Pokemon because of just the complete overwhelming of numbers and trying to remember and all the rest of it that it's evolved for. And it has to because that's how it keeps interest and so on. But there's going to be people that sort of go, wow, too much. Okay, I'm just going to stick with my 150. Remember the memories, capture that in a little memory box and, and always have that. And I think this is where we're in now, where Pokemon's coming back to be so popular. Um, and and, and, that, and, then I'm, and I'm saying that like Pokemon has always been popular. But what I'm saying too is that it's, it's become so loud. It's become louder because there's people out there now, whether it's influencers or people within our own circles that may have not even touched Pokemon forever. Um, and they're coming out and saying like, I love Pokemon and I'm getting back on this. And, it, and, and because it's talking about Gen 1, it makes you like resonates with you and it makes you sort of, it's, it's, you get the feelings again. You're like, Oh, I like, remember these cars, remember all this. And like, you, you, there's that link, there's an emotional link. And I think that's, that's what sort of Pokemon does for me. So I think more my, going back to your question, my favorites are probably in the 150, you know, and the, they're yeah. all good for all different reasons. Like, you know, even that primate, there was an episode where Ash, like, I remember he had, I don't know if he had the monkey 
Or you went in there with the manky, you went there with the primate, and the primate didn't listen to him. There's this this common yeah. theme where he, like Pokemon caught, aren't listening to. He caught the um primate because it was rampaging, and then he went and took it to try and took his hat. That's right, he took his hat. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay, so I just remember that he took his hat and then like didn't listen to him. So there's this common theme of like Pokemon just not listening to Ash <laughs> all the way through, sort of thing. Some of them, some of them like Ash has got these these Pokemon straight away that are just loyal to him to a T, you know. But then there's just got the other Pokemon. And obviously, then that makes sense. Like, you play the game. Obviously, you've got to get to an X amount of level, you know, get the, the badges before Pokemon start listening to you and they do their own thing. That makes sense. Um, but um, the Primate one, like, I remember watching that episode where he's, like, fighting, like, Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan. I forget which one he actually fights at the end. But, like, it, I remember mature, watching that episode and going, It was a mature. Yeah? Oh, I'm way off. There you go. Um, but, like, he... You know, I remember watching that episode as a kid and going, how good is is that Pokemon? Like, he's the bee's knees. And I remember, like, playing the game, trying to find him. I can't remember if he was in blue. I can't remember. I'm going to have to check that out. But I feel like I, like I, that was one of the things that I had to act, actually act to ask my friends, how do I find this? How do I find this Pokemon? So I can have it, evolve it, and then I can be like Ash and just start destroying my chops. Camps, my chokes. <laughs> um, but, yeah. No, nah, so, like, yeah, I think... They're, they're all they're all so good in their different ways, but I think um, yeah, I, I think I think the start the starters are all good. They're, yeah, I'm gonna stick with the Psyduck. I'm gonna stick with the Psyduck and stick with my Snorlax. But you're right, they're they're all in the 151 for those reasons. But it's all about the nostalgia for me. Yeah, and that's awesome because I know um I know for me when I was a kid, I was just like an encyclopedia. You could ask, you could be like, Hey Drew, when does uh, Combuskin evolve into Blaziken? And I'm like, evolves in, evolves at level 16. Um, and yeah, evolves into Combuskin at level 16. Then it'll evolve again at level 36. Mm. Level 36 also learns blaze kick. And then you want to take it to level 55, learn sky uppercut. I could like tell you like everything, but then like, you know, you get to generation five hey, the savant. And, and then it just like mm. cut cuts off. I'm like, you know, I don't know every level up and I don't know every name. Like, I forget the names and that because, you know, it, it got to that point in my life where I wasn't taking in, I guess, uh, Pokemon information in as uh, effectively as I was when I was a kid. But, uh, yeah, I definitely understand where, where you're coming it was, from. It was just your priorities, mate. It was it was like, oh, do I do homework today when I get home or am I smashing Pokemon and working out all the statistics and everything else? But also as well, like it was simpler times when we played the first generation. You know, you didn't have any of this, the breeding, the shinies, like you didn't have to work too heavily on the statistics. I'm yeah. sure they were all there, but it was purely just like, right, I've got this element type Pokemon and I need to attack this. What's what's the weakest to strengths and so on and so forth. So they kept it pretty basic and then they obviously they evolved to it as well. So, um, but mate, yeah, you definitely know your stuff. Like it's, it's also like when I listen to someone that's really else that's really passionate about Pokemon um, and that's uh, Andrew A. Clayton from a couple of NPCs, yeah. like he has so much, he, he's invested so much into this game. He's invested so much, um, I think with his brother as well, he talks about it as well. He knows so much, just like yourself about this game because he, he's passionate about this game. He loves this game and um, it's a big part of his, you know, reason why he enjoys and plays video games now. Um, yeah, but, and it's, and it's so cool for someone, and, and I think that's a lot of joy that I see now within the communities is that, you see people that have always enjoyed Pokemon, but they're sort of getting a platform now where they're getting seen more, or maybe I'm just seeing them more. Um, you know, there's people that I've been, obviously like, you know, everyone's seen Logan Paul and, and him jumping on the, the hype bandwagon, which I think in general for Pokemon fans, you know, that's a really good thing. He's yeah. shining a massive broad spotlight 
on Pokemon that has always been there. But it's just he's basically saying, how good is this? And this is the reason why this is so good. And and I think, like, you know, I watched the, the latest – not that I, I don't watch him regularly, but there was a video that came up. I did watch when he did the unboxing of the first one, uh, the first first edition booster box that he bought for 200000 which, which now you look at it and he got a cracker <laughs> of a bargain. Um, and, you know, he did the auctions out for that. Um, you know, and we'll watch the video today where, you know, he basically goes on to say, I'm going to, I've now just went and spent $2 million across, I think it was like seven. I mightn't have gone that wrong, but seven of these first edition boxes that he's bought for between, you know, three hundred to 350000 each, you know. And originally in the video, he's like asking people, like he's getting, you know, you know, getting contacts and all the rest of it, and they're all saying 400 450 these crazy prices, you know, and everyone's saying the same thing. Mate, it's because of you. You know, everyone's everyone's lifted the bar because of you. Yeah. Um, but but the big thing that I took away from that video and what gave me sort of goosebumps is the fact that like he shows those recaps of the people of their reactions, the emotions that people that are so passionate about Pokemon and, and collecting these cards, how they're reacting when people pull these amazing cards. And it's infectious. That's the thing. Like you don't – sometimes you don't have to be heavily into Pokemon. But when you watch some of these unboxings, like I – Personally, like it, towards the end of last year, um, you know, I was watching Unlisted Leaf, uh, who's an Australian um, yeah, uh, yeah. Pokemon card collector. Uh, I think he goes by Endo as well. Yeah. Um, South, Strat- South uh, Australian. Is he? There yeah, you go. From Adelaide. Nice yeah. one, mate. Yeah. Um, Leonhardt's another one uh, over there in the US that I watch a fair bit. He's mm-hmm. amazing. He great, great story behind him as well. Was a solicitor. I think he was a, a, an attorney. So was an attorney and then gave up his, you know, full-time attorney job to, to do YouTubing and just do unboxing for Pokemon cards, like a massive passion for Pokemon cards. There's a lot of things for uh, mental health charities, raising awareness and, and a lot of funds for mental health charities, which, um, which is fantastic. But when you watch these videos, it is so infectious how – you know, the, their passion for when they're opening these boxes, their passion for the, and their knowledge, you watch it and I don't know what level of degree that you are as a Pokemon fan or as, an, as, a, as a card collector, but watch these and you're like, I'm going to buy some cards. <laughs> I, I want it. Like, and that's what happened to me. Yep. Towards the end of last year, I'm like, I need to buy cards. Like, I just want that feeling. I want to be on this journey. I just want to open. I haven't opened, I haven't opened trading cards in 20 years. Like, let's go. And, you know, I had to reach out to a good friend of both of ours, um, Jamie Penning, you know, who, who is, you know, a um, Pokemon card collector and, and just ask Jamie, mate, Jamie, I know nothing about Pokemon cards. I, I want to buy Pokemon cards. Pull me in. What's going on? Like, you know, what, what should I buy? You know, like, tell me all the things, you know, Jamie coming out and give me all the information. And I think that's where I ended up getting the championship path box and fortunately enough when i bought it you know it sold out really quickly obviously a lot of people on that same hype train fortunately i didn't pull the charizard which i was looking for but you know like just to pull those cards and my kids pulled a few of them as well and that was great like it it scratched the itch i was on the journey you know and it's it's cool like and i think a lot of people like when i look at socials as well and even without in our sort of circles there's a lot of people out there who I think resonate with that and and sort of like on that same journey. And I know you're pulling cards too, mate. You pulled a few there on socials and you can you can see you're like, I don't know what it is, but like it's almost like when you're watching it, you're hoping as well. You're like, come on, Drew, come on, get that one that you're after. Do you know what I mean? We're cheering for you. And and if you don't pull it, we're, we're there with you as well. Like we've pulled it, you know. And then even like, 
I went a little bit deeper as well because that's just my personality. Like when I get fixated on something, I'm looking into it further. Um, and, you know, like, like I see these other groups that are, you know, online Facebook and they're doing these live unboxings, but then people are buying the cards when they're doing the unboxings. I'm not really full on as to how they're doing it and how the payments are getting done. But you see these communities of people that are rocking up every night, you know, and, and jumping on and, you know, having chats about Pokemon cards and doing these unboxings. And you could, you could see that, like, the community's always been there. The passion's always been there. It's just it's just become put on the table. You know, it's just become clearer that it's there. And I think that, you know, I think not only is it just there's more of a platform for these Pokemon enthusiasts, but I think it's just the, the pricing for these things are going ballistic as well. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been over the last couple of months, I've been selling down my um, video game collection. Um, I've done it a few times. I usually build it up. I sell it. I, I sell it. Because I'm like, nah, nah, let's, let's get rid of it. Let's simplify things. You know, I'm not going to play this stuff. It's all display stuff. It's fine. Mm. And then, like, and then, then I'll go to a, a friend's house who's also a collector, and I'll see some of these things. And then the nostalgia hits, and then I'm I'm getting them feels again. Oh, what if I just buy this? How good is it? I remember having that. You know, I had that as a kid, and we enjoyed playing that. And you know, you used to come over to my house. I really need to pick that up again. And it just and then it starts again. So anyway. So I'm selling down the I'm selling down the the collection, but a few of those have been Pokemon items, and and um, you know, and and I have sold those Pokemon items, and from an investment perspective, have done very well. But at the same time, what I've sold them for now, I look on eBay and they're going for twice as much as that. So like mm -hmm. you know, uh, whether it's a combination of COVID, you know, people got excess, some some people may have excess money to buy things that you know they can't travel, can't do many things. Um, I'm not sure, but but Pokemon seems to be big and hot and everyone's sort of going, jumping on it. Sort of like crypto, I guess, but not crypto. Don't buy crypto. Unless you are, I'm good on you. I don't know. No <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah. It's all general. Just like with all this uh, Pokemon card stuff with um, how much they're selling for, like the first edition boxes and everything and what Logan Paul's doing, I've never been one to be like, oh, I wish I was rich and I had a mansion and all this stuff, but... Saying like, you know, saying, oh, I bought this box for, you know, $300,000. I'm like, I want to be able to buy that stuff and break it and, you know, sell it off and stuff. I reckon that'd be a lot of fun doing that type of thing. So that's like the one thing I, I take away from Logan Paul. Like, oh, that's the, that's the, I see your car, I see your, your house and all that. I don't care about that, but I want to be able mm. to buy just really expensive rare Pokemon cards. <laughs> Cause it, it just, I feel you. Yeah. It just scratches that real collecting itch. Cause like lately, oh, I guess not lately, but like the last three years or so, like, um, I've, I've always been one for like battling and stuff in Pokemon, but the like real collecting aspects, like I'd, I'd always click, um, complete my Pokedex and stuff, but now it's mm. like, I've got to get, you know, uh, one of each of evolution of the shiny, like the shiny forms, get it, get one of each of like maybe the different forms of the Pokemon, female, male, all that, like just have it all. And uh, I guess the, with the Pokemon cards recently, it's been the same thing. The only difference is that Pokemon cards cost money, whereas in, if you're playing Pokemon Sword or Shield, you're not spending <laughs> thousands of dollars trying to collect all the Pokemon. But, um, yeah, so what I'm doing with the Pokemon cards at the moment, I'm just, like, opening one pack a day type of thing. Put it on put it on Twitter, just, you know, share it with people. Why not type of thing. It makes it feel a bit more special, spending that $7 on a booster pack rather than just... Enjoying it, mate. Yeah. I, I want you to hit it. I, want it. I don't know if the ones that I've seen... The, you haven't hit a, uh, a a super rare one at the moment, 
But mate, I, I know you've got a few packs there, so I'm keen. I'm keen to see how you go. I've got two left at at the moment we're talking, but it, I don't know. I was talking to Bryce about this uh, tonight. I'm like, I've I've got like I bought like twenty packs or whatever over the last couple of months. I haven't got any V cards, like any full art V cards. I've only I've got a couple of mm. amazing rare cards, which are really nice. I might like are, are V cards that rare, and it's like they're not really. I'm just not that lucky, and it's I've got, got to admit, Dan, it's a bit frustrating. I hope I hope I get a bit of a hit soon. You know what I mean? I need I need that Pokemon pool. You know, I um I I think when I when I bought the Champions Path. I'd bought it and I remember Jamie and I talking about like, oh, did you get it? Yeah, I got it too. And then I, you know, awesome. We just got to play the waiting game on it. And then there were obviously these YouTubers that were out there had access to it earlier. And mm. and like, I remember there was a Charizard one out of that one. I think that was the reason why I sort of like had that nostalgia to it. The fact that you had this Charizard one, I'm like, cool, awesome. It's a Pokemon that, you know, I grew up with. Happy days. Let's go for it. Then you watch these YouTubers and they've got like boxes and boxes Oh yeah, boxes of these champions path, and you're thinking, mate, how many Charizards are you gonna pull? And they go through these whole boxes, and they either get one, or get none, and it, and it, and then it really puts it in perspective how rare some of these cards can be. But at the same time, jump on YouTube, and then you just see old mate just go, hey, you know, just went to the <laughs> shops and I bought one pack, and I thought I'd give it a crack. And whoa, look at this! It's a shiny Charizard. How good is this? And you're thinking, mate, well done. Like, good on you. Like, I, fantastic. Like, I love to see it. Hey, guys, it's true. Um, I'm just going to undo this booster. Oh, wow, it's a Charizard. Better rip it up. It's, just, it's like, and that's like, and that's why I really like, uh, you know, it made me smile when Bryce pulled his shiny Charizard. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't think, I, I don't know, but I don't think Bryce would be out there buying, you know, these massive booster boxes of 36 packs and just hoping to achieve, you know, this one card. Like I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm hoping like, I'm just going to go buy a few cards. That's my worst impression of Bryce. I'm Bryce. Oh. Bryce. I'm Bryce. <laughs> oh, oh, um, but yeah, like he goes out and he buys a few of these packets and he hits and he hits a cracker. So like happy days, sticks it in the protective sleeve. It's a great story. It's something that he'll always, you know, hold and cherish with yeah. him. So um, and the prices on that are crazy. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I never – I bought a lot of packets when I was younger um, and, you know, I got a lot of shinies, but they were pretty, like, the common ones. I never hit it gold with the Charizards or anything like that. But I did spend a lot on well, – you know, I did spend a lot on these cards. And by a lot, I mean, like, I asked my parents a lot for money and sometimes they said yes and sometimes I was able to buy cards and then I didn't get the card I wanted, so I'd ask again. And it would be a no. And then till I ask again in hopes that I get something. Or you go to the, the, the playground. Playground, how old am I? Well, I'm 12. Um, you go to the playground and you hustle. Like, I'm going to give you 14 of these for that one. And hopefully I can, you know, play Tarzos and Pog and do the thing to, to win. Remember Slammers? Far out. I just thought about that. I don't. Like, you, no. you ever have glow caps? You're, mate, I'm old. Don't worry about it. Hopefully <laughs> someone listening be like, oh, I remember glow caps. Dane, I'm with you. I don't remember. No one remembers Slammers. If you do, let me know. There's, um, a, there's a lot of other sort of, uh, I guess, uh, trends around Pokemon. We had Beyblades. I think that was a bit too new for you oh. guys. Beyblades was a lot of fun. Uh, ba- I remember Beyblades. I remember this, Drew, just quickly, my first job was at Toys R Us. So oh, sick. Was it yeah. 14, nine months so you get a job? Yeah, 14, nine months, I got a job, Toys R Us. What a job. First job. First Christmas I did. 
um, I went over to like, I remember I was over and dad took us over to Thailand and I remember watching TV going, what the heck is this? And clearly like, and it was <laughs> Beyblades and I couldn't understand what they were saying. So anyway, so I go back to, go back to work and I remember that Christmas, us sitting in like a meeting office room um, of Toys R Us and then basically saying, right, guys, Beyblades. Beyblades are the biggest thing, you know, they're massive. You know, they're going to be selling out like crazy, crazy. And this was back in the day where like you'd have people, parents, mum and dads just running in like, I need this, my kids <laughs> need this. And so like these things would come out in pallets, right? And But there would only be four or five that they actually really want. Out of the whole pallet, there would be four or five that they want. They must have. Kids that don't want anything else. And I remember like that was my first experience of Christmas, just being Beyblades, being the bee's knees and just getting people just getting super rage levels um, of just trying to get four or five. And that was my entry into to, um, to retail. Good, good entry, you know. Kate provided me a lot of resilience, um, you know. You can't get things that you don't want. Um, anyway, so Beyblades, I remember Beyblades. Beyblades were big. I never really got into them personally, um, but I remember them being very big. Yeah, we, we used to go to, uh, I guess, uh, we used to call it the shelter shed. I don't know if... Um, I don't the know. shelter shed? I, I don't know. <laughs> nice. I don't know if it's called that Australia-wide or whatever. It doesn't sound like it when, when you were at school. But basically, that's where you got sent if you didn't have a hat. No hat, no play. You got no sent, play, you got no sent to the shelter today. shed. It was just like a... All right. It's basically uh, next to the canteen. And it's just like a shed with not much in it. But we used to go in there. We used to get a punishment. Yeah, literally. And we used to get a um. Mm. Little, we used to get the lid off of a bin, flip it upside down, and that was our Beyblade arena. <laughs> That's brilliant. I like that. That's yeah. gold. And um, I, I had this. Uh, I forgot the name of it. I'll I'll never remember it. But it was this little uh green Beyblade, and it was like so just dense and sturdy. But like a bigger ones, it just like mm. just it literally just destroyed other Beyblades. Like it was just so dense that it if it went up and hit it, it just like made the other Beyblades explode. Because back then you actually built, you actually okay. built the Beyblades yourself. Like you put the stickers on them, you put the weight disc on it, you put the the bit chip that was like uh, your character little thing you put on the top, and it was a lot of fun. I see, I see now that okay. you I see now that you don't really build your Beyblades anymore, and that takes a lot of the fun out of it. I feel like. But. For someone that has never done the Beyblades but understands the concept of it, was there, when you were when you were in that situation in the what was it? What was this? Not the tin shed. What was it? The, the, the shelter um, shed. What's it called? The shelter shed. Yeah. Shelter shed. <laughs> when you were sitting in the shelter shed with your uh, garbage lid, did you, <laughs> was there a thing with like would you inspect each other's Beyblades to be like, nah, mate, you can't you can't use this too heavy? Or like, was there requirements or you just nah? nah it's just nah, unleash it. the fury. Yeah. No, just just. Just go for gold. Just smash. Just smash this. Yeah, I felt so bad because the there was this kid who didn't have a Beyblade for ages, and he finally got one. Oh no, I know where this is going. Yeah, and uh, yeah, um, first time, you know, the spitting next to each other, the slowly, slowly inching together, uh, hits mm. mine. It literally just bang exploded, like the top, oh. the top just snapped in half, and the weight disc and everything just the plastic went flying. Felt pretty bad, but it it was pretty funny. <laughs> It's pretty funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so, so back then, that's when you need like to capture that stuff. That stuff would have gone viral. But poor old, poor old Jimmy, or uh, his name's Kelly, Chris. I felt sorry, whatever the name was. Yeah, Chris. Poor old Chris. Poor Chris. But um, I guess uh, do you have poor any Chris. do you have any retail stories um regarding Pokemon? Like any crazy mums coming in looking for a copy of Pokemon Green that's not in Australia or, or <laughs> anything silly like that? 
I like it. So, so my history with retail, so first job was in Toys R Us and that was like a Beyblades. Pokemon were pretty big. Um, I remember like in Toys R Us, it used to be like, that was used to be a place where you could like, I think I said it earlier, you had these Pokemon that just were exclusive where you would have to download them in like via this little, like it was like, it almost looked like one of those, um, I don't know if you've ever seen those Pokemon Snap, you know, where you print out the pictures of the, so it's like a ki- okay. like this little box kiosk type thing that yep. used to be. I don't even know if that used to be at Blockbuster. Maybe that was a US thing. Um, but like back in Toys R Us, you'd go up to these places and they have like certain days, or it would travel around the country and it'd be like, oh, for two days in Toys R Us, you can download Mew. How good is that? And so what you'd like, I remember I had a friend named Daniel, and like it was like it was in like I don't know why they did this, but they did it in a school day. Like it was like a Tuesday or something like oh, that. Come so like, on, oh, well, yeah, your you're brain. not going, are you? So, so what you would do is yeah, use your brain. I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> So like, so we'd always have like a friend, hey, your, your friend, hey, Daniel, I think his name was, can you get your mum to go to the shop and then get the Mew and then take my game as well and do the Mew? So I can only imagine him trying to tell his mum, right, mum, I've got 14 games, oh my more God. my friends, you need oh. to go get this Mew. But they had it at Toys R Us anyway, Nightmare. so you used to be able to get the Mew. I think there was a, other, a few other legendaries I remember doing at the Target. Um, Target used to do them as well. I remember Toys R Us used to have the tournaments. Um, so you'd, you'd have the tournaments at Toys R Us. I don't know if they were part of any sort of, ex, you know, the tournaments that they have now, like the big ones. This is more of a, right, we've put out, you know, six or seven tables, go for gold, kids, do your battle things, and, you know, at the end we'll class a winner and we'll give you a free game and a T-shirt sort of thing. But that was cool. Like the fact yeah. that they actually did those sort of things back in the day when there wasn't really anything else, um, that was really cool. Um, so it was just basically just a hangout for people that had like like-minded people, people who are passionate about Pokemon, um, just can can come and play, which was good. Um, and then I moved on. So I worked from Toys R Us and went into Target. Um pretty much next door and I had friends that actually worked for Target and yeah. Um, yeah, went in there. And um, I think like going through all the Pokemon, like anyone that sort of works in JB Hi-Fi or any of those sort of games, you've always got the parents, you know, saying, because there'd always be multiple Pokemon games. So I think your biggest thing was like, be a parent or something that says, oh, my kid wants Pokemon. And you're like, cool, which Pokemon? Oh, fire out too much info. Just <laughs> which, which Pokemon should I be buying? You're like, right. Your son or your daughter's basically said, go get Pokemon. So you clearly want the newest one, you know, and then you go through that. And so um, we, had, we had a few ones going like back in back in my day, like how old am I? I really am old. Um, but, but back in when I was working there, I remember there was like, was it the original? They did a remake of the original ones. It was like green yeah, and fi- red. Yeah, and fire and the leaf green. Yeah, and they came with like the Wi-Fi thing at the bottom mm-hmm. that you would have to connect. Because I remember like awesome. there's a big thing in our there's there's a thing in our store like there's a lot of people that just weren't giving those things out and like you get angry parents coming back and apparently my son says you get this little piece of you know thing in the bottom oh yeah that's that's what that's for yeah you go cheers no worries um, <laughs> but yeah I think that, that's not too he- not too heavy like. There's always there's always like parents looking for the, the right Pokemon game and, and you were after it. Um, I'm just trying to think. It was like when I. I sort of left retail, I think Halo 2 or no, I, was like Mar- I remember Mario Kart was like the last one with the, the wheel that sort of was when I left sort of retail, which was years ago. So, well, geez, wee, wow, that was a while ago. But um, yeah, Pokemon was, always, Pokemon was always there and it was good to be able to like be in a position where you could just pick up these games um, and you would play them and then, you, you know, you would tell other parents about like, you know, this is the type of games and this is what they do and things like that. Um, as much as they just want to say, which is the latest game, that's what, Jimmy wants. Yeah, cool. Jimmy gets this. There you go. Happy days. Um, but what, what about yourself? Because I know you've got a bit of a story with regards to 
are you going out and, and buying the Pokemon games? Because, like, it's interesting from listening to uh, the House of Mario, you know, you, you've talked a fair bit about, like, you've always been really passionate, interested in Pokemon. And there was a part there, whether you're in primary school, uh, I think it was primary school that you may mention, or maybe early high school, where it's like you'd buy games, but then, like, you'd, you'd see someone else, like a friend that would say to you, like, oh, what are you buying? And you'd be like, oh, like, and you felt like, not ashamed, but like maybe a little bit ashamed to, to say, oh, you're buying a Pokemon game. Like, but look at it now. It's like 2021. I fucking, I love Pokemon. Like, like Pokemon's like, if uh, it's huge, but you know, is it like, tell us a little bit about that. I was a little bit embarrassed, I guess. I was in Target and uh, yeah, someone came in. I'm like, oh shit, it's a, you know, it's, it's that guy from school. So I just hit it behind a, um, like a, like a, a pillow or something like that. <laughs> then when he left, mm. I'm like, oh, good, got it out and went and bought it. And there, there, was a, there was a couple of times like that. Like this wasn't to do with uh, anyone in particular, but I remember when I went and bought Pokemon Emerald, uh, it was the last copy from Kmart and I had to uh, mm. had to like go and ask my mum to like, you know, get permission or get access to my wallet or ask for her money. I don't know what it was. It was just, you know, got to ask mum first. So I basically put this game like hit it like under the shelf, <laughs> so make sure oh, yeah. no one else yeah, comes yeah, yeah, and, comes yeah. and gets it. And I yeah came back later that day and bought it. So got like some random stories like that. But uh, those those types of stories get a lot more boring when uh, you know you get older and you just walk into the store and you're like, no, I don't care. Because <laughs> it used to be like a whole, no, and that's it. Yeah. Like you just like I'm just buying this for me. This is a great game. Like you know, yeah. that's just like, and that's what video games are. Like whatever you're in, whatever you enjoy, just keep enjoying it. And I think. That's a big another thing that I really like about Pokemon is that there, there's got to be people out there very similar to that sort of story, Drew, where they've just been in love with Pokemon for so long. You know, they're passionate about Pokemon. It's like, like it's it's been with them for so long. They've got a close place in their heart for it. But maybe they've always like been that sort of introvert with a passion towards Pokemon for themselves, you know, and like they've always been mindful not to – you know, give too much of that feeling vulnerable if they're talking about like, oh, what do people think about if I, you know, say I'm, you know, 30 something years of age or late 20s and I'm into Pokemon. Like maybe I'll be stigmatized or be looked at as this way, but no, nah, fuck that. If like my whole thing is that enjoy something, fucking go for it because like look at it now. Like it's just, I love, I love when people are passionate about something and they just don't give a shit. Um, sorry to swear, but they just don't give a crap about anyone else. And it's the mindset that I want to, continue like I, I want to be in that mindset it's something that I want to work towards and I think it's something that, like everyone has to work towards you know? yeah but it when you when you when you when you're passionate about something and you just tune out the noise tune out the noise of everyone else just enjoy it for why you enjoy it you know don't worry about anything else don't worry about keeping up with the journeys don't worry about the thoughts and feelings of anyone else I can do you and enjoy it for why you enjoy it. And it's great when you see these stories about Pokemon in 2021 and how mainstream it is and how big it is because it allows these people that are sitting there maybe feeling frightful to, or, you know, insecure to be able to talk about their passions, but now they can and they've always had that passion and it just provides them with a platform to, to basically just have a ch just talk about it and just like now, now they feel comfortable in doing it when like, you should have been talking about it years ago. You should have just just do what you do. Stay in your lane. Just, you know, you create your rules, um, which is great. So I, I'm hoping that more people are talking about stuff they're passionate about, whether it's Pokemon, get out there and start spruiking it, whether it's taking a step to do what you're doing, Drew, you know, open packets. Maybe that's something they want to do. That's the other yeah. thing. Like I challenge people, I challenge people if they want to do something, but they sort of got that sort of inner monologue talking to them saying, 
ah, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. Like, what do people think? People think I'm an idiot. Fuck it. Just do it, you know? Like, just open your packs. Turn on your mic. You want to do streaming? Do streaming. You want to go and do a class or something? Go do it. Like, it's just like, I know people talk about life's too short, but it's more so just about just doing what you enjoy and and just trying to, like, trying to tune out every other noise that you feel that other people are thinking whatnot because man you just live such a better life and you know it's it's not as easy as that and i appreciate that and it's something you have to like do and and get un get comfortable in being uncomfortable you know um but i'll tell you what you you live a better life just doing what you're doing and just being passionate and 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 doing that mate so yeah yeah, it's it's good. I, I like to see that. I like to see people happy doing what they're passionate about and doing what they're doing and not being restricted by the thoughts of others, um, you know. Yeah, Pokemon's definitely been a, a big lesson. I, I guess it gave me that life lesson of just, you know, be yourself, go out there, doesn't matter what other people think. And uh, I'm sort of glad that I, I learnt that re- relatively young in high school. And um, mm. I, I must admit, even like amongst like, my, I guess my real life community, you know, it's a rural farming community, so... You know, there's not too many people into video games, let alone, you know, Pokemon and stuff. And it, there still is that sort of stigma. And I remember a couple of years ago, I rocked up to like a, a bit of a, like a work party, like with all the shearers and stuff. And, you know, mm. they're not into video games or, sh- you know, nerdy stuff or Pokemon or, you know, <laughs> anything like that. Um, as far as I know, you know, they could be, they could have pushed it down and just not talk about it. I don't know. But I rocked up with this big like Pokeball cup. <laughs> and it's, it's basically about like my drinking cup. I fill it up with ice. I fill it up with like spiced rum and put a bit of Coke in there and I just, you know, sip at it th- you know, throughout the night and it keeps me happy, you know, it, uh, you know, it works well for parties. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think um, I got a couple of like sort of looks being like, what the fuck? Why you got a big Pokemon cup? You know, didn't, you know, no one said, no one said anything and you know, they can think what they think. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I can, I can bring my goddamn Pokeball cup to my your house party. <laughs> Hundred percent, hundred percent, mate. What one of the things that I love that you just said about there is just like I get this. We sit in it. I feel like this is so common where we like if we're in a, a crowded room of people, right? And like you got your Pokemon cup, um, I got my Dragon Ball Z shirt or whatever. And I feel like this, like if if someone, if we just if we all put on a blindfold and we stuck up our hand and we said, right, everyone, who loves Pokemon or who likes Pokemon, and we just stuck up our hand, mate, without a question, there's gonna be one or two more people than like one or two people, they're going to put up their hand. And this is the thing, but like people are so fixated on what other people are thinking that they're, they're, they're just hiding behind like not being able to be passionate about what they're passionate about. What I love, and this is just an example, is that like I've got a couple of, I've got a couple of uh, Dragon Ball Z shirts. I've got one particular Dragon Ball Z shirt that I can't fit in because I'm too fat at the moment. Hey, that's okay. So I'm <laughs> at the gym and I'm working on it. So Hell's yeah. Like, oh, that's it. But I've got this one um, – I've got this one white T-shirt that's got like black Super Saiyans going across the side. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, I wear that out and I have, I love it when people, like-minded people that enjoy Dragon Ball Z, your vibe attracts your tribe, people come up and say, awesome shirt, you know, or, or I just get comments. I'll be at the registers and, and someone will say different ages, you know, you know, from young to older, my age. Um, and my wife has always been there when that happens. And she goes, you love that shirt, don't you? And I said, I do. I love this shirt because I love Dragon Ball and I love when people, when you share, like, uh, for for example, another example is that, like, I've seen, I don't know what's going on, but I see more commonly now orange T-shirts with the big four-star Dragon Ball on the back or, Mm. you know, the, the, um, 
uh, King Kai type symbol because, you know, Goku trains with King Kai, gets the symbol on the back. Um, but you see these shirts and I make an effort now. I make an effort to go up to these people and just say, hey, cool shirt. Hey, I love your shirt. Because I know how it feels. And, and, I, and, and I know the joy that it brings these people. When you share a common interest in things, whether it's Pokemon, whether it's Dragon Ball, whatever it is, and you make an effort to show to someone else to say, cool shirt, love your shirt, how good's Dragon Ball? You know, Vegeta's the best, right? So all these things <laughs> that, you know, like it makes a big difference. And I think it's the same thing, mate. Like I, I reckon just take your, poke, take your Pokeball cup, wear it with, like hold it with pride, mate, and like you'll be mindful that there's going to be people out there just go, Hey, cool Pokemon! You try the like. There's going to be other people where they're going. You know, cool new game. You checked it out. What's your favorite Pokemon? And it starts these conversations. And I think it's never, never behind something you're passionate about. You know, and, and but also at the same time, make sure that you're making an effort to share that passion with others that are promoting that passion themselves. Because you know, and not only is it just part of kindness, but like, look, I know the feeling when I get when when someone talks about something I'm passionate about, um, and I know that that others feel the same way. So. Um, Pokemon's great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, just what I think about is just when they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Do you like Pokemon? I'm like, "Oh God, what are you, what are you going to say when you find out I um, host a Nintendo podcast?" Jesus Christ! Just you wait. Just you wait until you figure out how nerdy I really am. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon people are silent nerdy, mate. You yeah. start mentioning Nintendo. Uh, and that's the thing with Nintendo, but Nintendo has nostalgia. Nintendo, has, like if someone has played a Nintendo console or a game or knew someone that played one or my friend down the road used to have a Game Boy that we used to play, um, you know, and trying to play that thing in the dark with the no backlit light and, you know, oh, well, everyone's got stories, you know what I mean? So, like, I, I love it, mate. And I think, like, and if, you, if you're not surrounded by people, that are uh, sharing the same passions with you, that's okay too because there's always oh, yeah. people out there that are going to the pa- show the same passions. And I think that's the beauty of, for example, yourself where you're, you know, you're in rural Australia, um, you know, there's there's maybe not many as many people around you as there, say, for people around where I am. Um, the internet and the communities that we have here allow you to be a lot closer to people that are like-minded that share the same common interests. And, Mate, look look at you and I, you know, we're on other sides of Australia between each other, talking about Pokemon, having a great chat, great to catch up, you know, the power of the internet and the power of everything that we have available to us. Why not? Do you know what I mean? There's no excuses, you know, that we can't just jump on and, and talk about things that we're passionate about and just catch up with, with each other because it's great. Yeah. I'm seeing your face, mate. I like seeing your face too, Dane. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I had a shave. I had a haircut too, so looking good for you. Oh, I don't, I don't, a bluey t-shirt as well. I don't mind because I can just put, you can put the headphones on. You can mask a bit of it at least, even if, like, even if I haven't had a haircut, so it's not too bad. Your hair's looking good, mate. When are you going to bring back the beard? Uh, don't know. Um, I got a, a bit of I reckon a, it will come back? Um, it'll come back if I'm lazy, but my uh, girlfriend doesn't like it too much. <laughs> She's not too much of a fan. That's, that's, yeah, I, I, I don't think the beard's going to come back for me for, Mm. The reason being is I always wanted to grow a beard. I feel like I did achieve a beard last year. I just couldn't get it to the level of like a Brendan White 8-bit beard. And I think oh. that sort of just disgruntled me. Like no – That's some pretty how, high levels of beard the hit it, though. He's got a wonderful oh, mate, beard. He is a beautiful man with that beard. Oh. And I don't know. I just assumed as a complete noob that I am with beards that I could just grow this beard and it would magically appear if I just used the correct balm. No, 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 no. No, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> the beard balm. You need to take care. 
<laughs> beard balm. Yeah, yeah. And so this will turn this into this. All right, I'll buy two. Nah. So, it nah, came- I, I had my fun. <laughs> a photo came up I on my had phone. My fun. Sorry, the photo came up on my phone the other day, and I, like I took a picture of like my beard, and I had like big woolly hair because I hadn't had a haircut because of you know COVID and stuff. And I love that; that was so good. Yeah, and that's so that, that's when Chantel she was like, "Don't do that again, please." Time. <laughs> it's really, really. I, oh, just, that's I, so good. I looked like a that's bum. Awesome. I looked like a bum, and I knew it at the time, but I didn't care. I don't care. It's all good. It's all right. <laughs> um, you just kept you kept pushing the boundaries just to see how far you can go. And then, and then, but oh, man, those photos were so good. The massive afro, the big old beard that you had, you know, it was so good. It yeah. was so good. Uh, yeah. But it, it all comes around to, mate. You're looking, you're looking clean shaven. It's all happening to your hair. It's all, it's all good. It's yeah. all good, mate. Looking good. That's right. I'm sure all the audio, all the audio listeners, uh, you know, just really, just really a picture an immaculate man. That, that is what I am at the moment. I'll, I'll take, I'll take the compliment. I'm not so good at taking compliments. But you know, I'll just, I'll just roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> send him his put it send it all his way. Put it all his way. Stick it in the DMs, stick it on the Twitter, on the socials. Send all the love. Looks good. All of it. Um, so to start wrapping things up, I really want to talk to you about your Nintendo collectibles. We sort of touched on it at the start of the episode, and um, you know, you said you're selling a lot, but even the stuff you have sold, what are some of your favorite items and you know, whether it's Nintendo or Pokemon or whatever. Um, but if it is Nintendo, maybe include a Pokemon as Pokemon One as well, just because I see you got like a Japanese Soul Silver and stuff. I'm like, that is awesome because those boxes Ooh, are yeah, I do beautiful, Heart Gold Soul Silver. Ah, uh, that is definitely probably out of the collection that I have left. It is one of the boxes that looks absolutely beautiful, and it's got the it's got the Pokey Walker in it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I think with that one there, it was a it was a gum tree. Because so the way that I usually purchase these things is primarily used to be on Gumtree. Um, I don't try, I don't use Gumtree as much anymore. It might have changed since I used to use it. Um, but people used to be not very nice on Gumtree. I think it was that oh. anonymity. Anonymity is it, am I saying that right? But it was more so the fact that really people, you know, people could say whatever they wanted to say and they just hid behind a number. Um, mm. And so, but I actually met someone. I actually met someone very kind, uh, very kind guy, and he sold me a few things that he picked up in Japan when he was over there and he was a collector, he was a student. And that was one of them. Uh, the other one there was um, this one. I'm away from the microphone. You know this one? And this oh. is an audio podcast. So this is the um, Nino Cooney, the original one with the uh, – this is a, for the audio listeners. This is a Nino Cooney. I'm showing Drew. Nino Cooney, Nintendo DS, massive box. But it was one of the ones that had the um, – I forget what it's called. So this is where you need um, – this is where you need uh, – Oh, I forgot his name. Oh, no, I forgot his name. Um, uh, uh, Nintendo by Numbers. Oh, Eric. Eric Zuch. Eric, thank you. Yeah. Eric, this is where we need Eric. Um, but yeah, so man. like I picked up a few. Yeah, I miss him too. Hope you're doing well, mate. Um, yeah, there's a few There's a few items there. But the Pokey Walker, the Pokey Walker's never been used. This thing's mint. You know, the whole thing's mint. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece. I feel like some of the things like – sort of wasted on me at the stage because like I, that was one that's one game that I actually never played of the Pokemon I just love it like a lot of the things that I collect as these collection box pieces is because they just look fantastic um like and they're primarily Nintendo so like like before recording you and I were having a chat so there's a part of me that's like an investor style and there's a part of me that is like more nostalgia you know it's, it's probably if I was to say it's probably a 50 50 of both to be honest and I think mm-hmm. 
And I think when we're talking about Nintendo, I'm a physical collector. So I like the physical. I like the library of things. I like to look at things. Things are on display. You know, it's things that I look at and go, oh, I remember when I bought this. I remember when I played this. I remember the people that I was playing this with all the time in my life that I was playing with this. Things like that. And um, so I've got a lot of Nintendo items. From a, from a Pokemon perspective, what have I got left? I've got... Um, uh, I've really only got a few things, just like the Pokemon um, Soul Silver. I've got the still the Nintendo, the Pikachu, um, the Amiibo boxed up. Um, I did sell the two bigger items of the Pokemon that I did recently sell were my 2DS, uh, red, blue, and yellow. Those things were amazing. So, um, so there's a bit of a story there. So these thing, these these are the limited edition. Uh, everything's limited edition. My wife hates me saying limited edition. She goes, oh, what did you buy? Limited edition. Like everything's limited edition. <laughs> so with about five years ago, um, it was actually, it's funny because these, the 2DS limited edition Pokemon um, consoles. So these are the, the, the considered the ugly consoles of all the Nintendo consoles. You know, it's the Frisbee console with the two, two yeah. screens on it. Those ones weren't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so with, with, with these ones here, these ones were beautiful. They actually had mm. the original uh, box art from the original um, Pokemon. So like your, your Charizard, your Blastoise, your Pikachu from the original games. Um, and a big, big reason why I purchased those was primarily in the nostalgia of the design of them. I loved them, loved them, loved them, loved them. Perfect for me, perfect. So I pre-ordered these three of them. And I, I remember it because it was just after uh, my son was born, Lincoln, so um, five years ago. And because I was in the hospital and actually came up and, you know, Lincoln was born. Uh, oh, eBay. Oh, well, no, it wasn't eBay. It was, it was, um, it, um, uh, it was not eBay. What am I thinking? EB I'm Games. Thinking, um, EB Games. Thank you, mate. Mind blank. Anyway, so I pre-ordered the three of them. And, and I'll tell you what, that was a hard day going to pick those up. Mm. I went and picked them up and, I, and there was people there that just expected on day one they could get them and they couldn't. And here's Dane, what a cheese head. Yeah, can I have my Pokemon things that I've pre-ordered? And here's your three of them. And I still remember today this lady next to me just looking at me going, you absolute bastard. Like, I can't get any. <laughs> You've got three. Can I have one? And I've just said to her, oh, I've got three kids. I'm sorry. And I feel bad for it. But I you do now. I do. Pardon? <laughs> you do now. I do now. I do now. <laughs> See, I should have said to her, I'm going to have three kids. Yeah. I've got two now. There's I've... one coming. I, mean, I feel it. I feel it in my waters. Oh, that's or awesome. maybe my wife's waters. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so these three of them there. So all beautiful. Uh, I love those pieces. Love, love, love those pieces. And I've only just recently sold those there. Um, I actually sold those, full disclosure, I sold those to purchase the Roadcaster Pro that I'm using now. Um, I needed this uh, equipment. It's not a cheap piece of equipment and that assisted me with purchasing that. Um, I now look at those prices that uh, they are selling for or at least what they're listed for. Last time I saw one, which I sent to a friend, was I saw one this morning. Oh, sorry. I saw one last – I saw one this morning, sorry, for 2000 I've seen Ooh. one for 2500 for all three. Uh, full disclosure, what did I sell for them? I sold them for around about 930 off the top of my head. Bought them for 150 Crack a deal. Like 150 bucks for these things. Yeah. Hang on. 450 cost base, a bit over 900 you know, plus minus the eBay, EB, EB games. He's in this. See, now I'm getting mixed up with EB and eBay. EB games. EB games. E eBay I'm frustrated games. with EB games <laughs> taking the 10% and all the rest of it. But anyway, so th that, that was probably that was probably the biggest nostalgia piece that I had. I've recently also sold um, my two, two, two DS 
the three DSs? No, they're the two DS XL. Yes. So I so I had two of those. So I had um, I had the, the the Pokemon Pokeball one, mm-hmm. and I had the Pikachu one. Um, all my items when I buy them, I don't open them for these collectible item ones. And and I had a guy on eBay that I would actually buy the custom plastic um, protection little little thing. You know, like you know your vinyl pops, you can buy those little hard plastic yeah. uh, protection cases. So I had a guy on eBay that basically I'd send him the measurements, and he'd send me you know those things and everything I had in oh, those sweet. ones. I had another. Yep. Yeah, it was really good. It, like, it, it's great for those things, you know, probably more so now when you've got kids and they're, oh, what's this? And drop and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, and that, that's part of the journey. Uh, and, and so the, the other thing that I had as well um, was the Nintendo Zelda 3DS, the, the, the gold one. I love that. Oh. I did open that. I loved the look of that. Um, I still think that was probably one of the best looking consoles that I had. Um, I think the background there is I bought it off Facebook Marketplace off someone. And a lot of the time when I'm buying things, it's because of collectors that have held them that are just selling off their uh, collection at a time when I'm still buying. So I'm hoping that's, you know, when I'm selling them on, I'm, I'm assuming it's collectors considering the prices that they're paying, which, you know, in the Pokemon side of things, I think if someone's going to sell those Pokemon things for two, two and a half grand, you know, that's pretty good investment for a couple of months. But, you know, like, yeah, and so like all these things, like Nintendo, like as a physical copy collector, I'm aware of I'm going to pay tax on everything. You know, I understand the PlayStation games are going to be a lot cheaper than any sort of Nintendo game. I understand that Nintendo game that comes out for $70, $80 will most likely stay around that price for a very, very long time. And then I'll have to, if I find a deal, it'll be $5, $10 cheaper, so to speak. I still don't understand why digital copies are sometimes more expensive. I probably never will understand that. I just I can't justify it, but it is what it is. I'm a physical collector. The reason being is, A, I love seeing, as I said, the, the library, but also it allows me if I finish a game and my kids finish the game or they're sick of playing, you know, whatever it is, then I've got the ability to sell it. And most of the time within the marketplace, you know, I can sell a game of Nintendo Switch for $60, $50, which I think is a really good. By the time you pay, you know, $70 for a game, you play it and then you can sell it for $50, $60. They're pretty good. And that's the great thing about Nintendo. They hold their value, you know, and depending on what sort of collection piece that you buy, they do appreciate the value. And I've, I've certainly had experiences with that. Um, and, you know, and PlayStation has nostalgia as well, but there's just something about Nintendo that just nostalgia plays a lot in Nintendo fans. And hands up, you know, I'm certainly one of them there where, you know, like look at all those minis. Like, you know, we look at the SNES minis and all the rest of it. I can get all those, you know, the most of those games off the um, the Switch, you know, with the – not. I was about to say emulator. It's not emulator. But the um, – No, I wouldn't do that. Know, the, the, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so, you know, you can play the Switch and then you can play all these games. But, you know, I'm still going to buy the – I still bought the Super Nintendo Mini because – because I grew up with that console and I love it and I love looking at it and it's it's cool and it just brings back all those little memories and – you know, and I think that's one of the things that I'm going through now. I'm sort of looking at all these things, especially items that I'm never going to open that are on display that I'm sort of just saying, right, let's just minimize. And it's a part of the, my strategy with playing video games this year. Last year, I bought a lot of video games of which I'd never played because I could buy the games and, and I really wanted to play these games. But now my backlog is huge and I'll never get the time to play most of these games. So I've gone back to 12-year-old Dane, you know, just – Buy a game, play the game, enjoy the game, love the game, then move on to the next game. 
I think it's it's a way that I'm going to get more appreciation for the game. It's a way that I'm going to be able to just pace myself to just not rush, to not, you know, feel like I'm going to get halfway then go into the next thing, to go into the next thing. Because it is something that I miss. I miss, I miss, and maybe this is the father coming out in me as well, but I miss having the ability to only have two games a year. That sounds terrible. Like everyone's going to go, boo, Dane, you suck. But let, hear me out, fellas and, and ladies and everyone that's listening. My whole thing is more so just about like I miss the ability to be like this is my game. Like, you know, back in your 12 and you're younger, you got two opportunities to buy or receive a game, really. You've got your birthday and you've got Christmas and you play the absolute crap out of that game. You select carefully which game you're going to buy or have gifted to you and you play the crap out of that game and you, to every inch of its life and then you then you move on to the next one which is that once again the hardest decision that you'll make out of the category that's there but i'm noticing that with my kids as well and i'm noticing that in the sense of they've got so much choice and they're playing a little bit of something and then moving on and a little bit of something and moving on and not getting a real appreciation of the game and i see that in myself and i need to change that for myself to then reflect that to you know the people around me you're a product of your environment as i feel um and I think it's going to appreciate. It's going to have an appreciation for me. So that's one of the things that I want to do this year. I want to be more mindful of it. And uh, unfortunately, the last game that I've purchased is Octopath Traveler. So I'm going to probably be sitting there for a long while. Yeah, uh, great game, great game. That, that that'll keep you entertained for a long time. And uh, I sort of I sort of just want to touch back on the Nintendo handheld side of things because I'm a huge, I'm a massive sucker for handhelds. Like. Um, so good. E- even this week, they're bringing out the Mario Limited Edition Nintendo Switch, and it's just like it's just red and a blue dock. Like, there's really nothing special about it. But I'm still gonna be yeah. doing. I'm still gonna be doing like the trade in of my original Switch because you know I'm sure everyone. I'm sure people out there can sort of like get inside my head. You know, you can you can justify it. Be like, oh, you know, it's a launch model, so I get the updated battery, and there's a bit of a crack in my Switch, so then you know. I'll fix that, and you know, there's it's like, oh well, you know, that's, mm. that's actually worth. That might be worth the two hundred bucks, sort of, you know, transfer, sort of. I love the justification for it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got yeah. all that, and um, just just with you with your uh, Pokemon two uh, DSs, I I remember you sending the photos of uh, photos of them, and uh, you said you were going to sell them. I remember, being like, oh, that is so cool that you've got them, and it hurts so much that you're selling them, uh, but just uh, no. You getting you getting the roadcaster out of it obviously was a very very useful tool that you know you can do your podcast and stuff with and um, you know I've got one as well and they're just fantastic but uh, I um I didn't get them because at the time I was like you know I don't want to spend a you know hundred and fifty bucks on them so you know, didn't end up doing it but I I ended up sort of biting the bullet with the two DS and I did get the Pokeball mm. one and the Pikachu one um, you did but I um. You said you're like keeping them pristine. You know, you got little protection things for the boxes and that. Mine are just like I've got mine out. I've got my Pokeball one in a grip, and I've got it hacked with like heaps of like games on it and stuff. So I'm just like going. Makes me smile. I I love that, and I'm not against that. Like I would love to do that. Like to give you perspective, and this is a bit side. This probably on a bit of a segue here. I'm into. I move I move around on things. Like I'm looking at things. I'm really interested in things. And like nostalgia plays a big part of that. I used mm. to, as a kid, I used to be heavily into Lego. I don't know if you were too, Drew. I was heavy into Lego. And so in the last couple of months, you know, my kids have been getting into Lego. And that sort of scratches the itch for me. So now I'm like, oh, you're getting into Lego. I, I love Lego. Let's get into Lego together. And so 
for me, it's opened up this can of like, we're enjoying Lego. It's great because, you know, the attention is doing the Lego. It keeps them, you know, off the screens for a period of time. They're getting better at doing what they're doing. You know, they're staying there doing it longer. It's good mindfulness for the kids as well when they've got so many distractions around them. But the personality in me also looks at going, oh, okay, let's have a look at the next Lego. Wow, these are really expensive. Like, oh, there's a community of Lego people. Let's have a look at, oh, there's collectors. Oh, I love collecting. Let's have, wow, look at these prices. When did they release? Why do they increase in value so much? Oh, these are only limited. These only come out so, and like, and then it, this, it, the, the itch then scratches for me sort of thing, that collector, <laughs> the limited edition stuff, the, you know, and then it's the chase and the hunt for these things. Like, I love all that, you know, and, and put it to a direction that you want. And so I've got this. So where I'm at now is I, a couple of years ago, there was a Lego Ninjago city that I absolutely loved. Like I, I'm all, I've never been to Japan. I want to go to Japan. I will go to Japan. We'll go to Tokyo. I love all that. Love, love, love all that. And so this, this piece just looks, that screamed out all that things, all this, this, this Tokyo looking, you know, piece that you could just show off that looks amazing. Um, mm. I didn't buy it because it was one of those stupid prices that you would never buy Lego. How much is this thing? This is ridiculous. And so I never bought it, sold out straight away. Um, you know, I think it was like a five, full disclosure, $500 for this Lego. $500 for Lego, that's a lot of money. Um, and I've never paid anything over like $100 for Lego. Um and so, so it sold out. And then so now I'm checking eBay. Oh, what's this? Okay, so it's assembled. You can buy for $800, $900 now, um, you know, unboxed. You know, it's sort of like $1,500, $1,500. Like these things have a market. These things have an appreciation. And so now I'm sitting, I went and purchased this big box of the next series that came out. And I literally went into this Lego store, saw it, knew exactly what it was, talked to the old mate. Hey, mate, when did it come out? Came out yesterday. How many did you get? 42. Oh, okay. How many did you got now? One. Oh, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy one. Great. Best investment, Dane. Well done. Um, so I bought this thing and it's sitting in my study now and I'm, and I'm sitting here with a dilemma of I've got kids into Lego. I'm now into Lego. I want to build this thing. But the, it, the collector in me wants it to ripen. Um, I, I don't know. Like, and ultimately, like, to be honest, I mean, I'm just going to build it. That, that's ultimately the nutshell. So yep. going back to what you were saying about these pieces, like that's why I cracked open into that. That's why I cracked open into that Zelda gold one. I wanted to see it. I wanted to feel it. I wanted to show it off. It's, it's it, such yeah. a nice piece. And, and like I, there's a part of me that wishes that I, I could do that with everything, that I could just just be like, this is for me. I'm enjoying this. I shouldn't be so fixated on keeping in pristine and all everything. I still get value out of things that are pristine and, and on display. The ability to see it there and and look at it and you know touch and feel and do all the things and and remember it and have all that. That's awesome for me. I just can't go. It's just that next level and opening it because I know my own mindset as that collector side of things, what that does and how other collectors feel like when, when people are reaching out to you and you say it's brand new in box, they're saying, have you ever opened it? No. And it's those things that can make or break depending on their criteria as to why they want to buy it. And that looks, that's going real deep down the rabbit hole. But I mean, like, mate, if you open everything, enjoy everything, play yeah. everything. Like, it's just like, I'm all about that. If you can just do it. Like, <laughs> I, I used to be the, I used to be the type of kid when I when I was younger. I was really into Rugrats, and I got these uh, subscription magazines. Rugrats, I love Rugrats. <laughs> I got these subscription oh, yeah. magazines uh, called Rugrats around the world, and they came with like coloring in pages in the middle, as well as stickers for you added to your passport as you got each issue. And I used to be the type of kid that kept them pristine, never used the stickers, never coloured in the uh, 
in the coloring in section because I just wanted to keep the magazine as perfect as possible. And uh, my mum eventually went like, Drew, you've got to use use these stickers, otherwise I'm not getting this magazine for you anymore. She's like, you got to use it. Okay, I but, like that. But I was just like, hey, oh, yeah. but I want to keep it so perfect. And that's sort of something I think about going forward. I'm like, I could keep that, you know, 3DS in its box, but I want to use it. Like, you know, I, I had a use for it. I wanted a, you know, another 3DS that, you know, doesn't use my profile so I could hack it and actually use like the fun Pokeball button on top of it and all of that, like, you know, fun stuff. So I tried to sort of keep that in mind. Like, you know, if I have that in its box and I never Good use mindset. it, I never get the use out of it. But then say, I don't know, say in five years time, I can get three grand for that, that, you know, $150 investment. I mean, you know, that, that's, mm. that's like, you know, three, $3,000. That is a lot of money. But when it's something like, you know, video games, Nintendo, all that type of stuff, which is, which is my hobby. Um, I don't mm. know. I don't, I don't know if um, that is necessarily worth it for me. I think I'd rather just use it. You know, if, no, I've got I've got the Pikachu one as well, which I haven't touched as much. So maybe if you're really into that, you could, you know, buy two of them. I don't know what whatever your solution might be. But personally, for me, I don't think an extra two thousand dollars in a few years' time will be worth it to me. But I don't know. I guess I'm in a fortunate position too, where you know I've got plenty of work and stuff too. So it's it's all relative, I guess. But I know for me, I'd rather I just feel, use it. I feel I feel you, man. But you know what I'm feeling? I feel like I'm that guy off the forty year old version. Has all nah. the stuff just in boxes. <laughs> and he's got his mates going, why is this still in the box? How long have you kept it in the box for? You've had this for 20 years. Not that I've got to have anything for 20 years. But, you know, there, 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 are, there are people definitely that like will buy things and will keep them 100% in boxes, you know. And there are people that will, you know, open everything that they have. I think I'm sort of a blend. I think I there's, there's pieces that I definitely want to keep as collection pieces. Um, and there's this pe- there's just pieces I just want to rip open and just enjoy the absolute crap out of, um, you know, and there'll always be pieces. I still love, 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 love my orange 3DS. You know, I love that thing. And I, and anytime I have an itch to play Ocarina of Time, that's my go-to. And I pull that thing out and I replay it again. And, um, and that's a game I love. And that's a game that I actually played on the NES, never completed it because it was actually a friend of mine's. And so only in the last couple of years have I actually fully completed that game, actually got past the Water Temple and didn't get rage quit and finished it off. And I love I did, that game. I did so that a couple good. of years years ago. I had that, I had it sitting in the Water Temple for like seven years, literally. Yeah. And I was like, I, I run a Nintendo podcast. I can't be stuck in the Water Temple in a freaking Ocarina of Time. I've got to finish this freaking game. Yeah. So I went back and did it. I, I watched a YouTube video that basically someone articulated it really well to say like Nintendo 64 because you had to basically, you know, go through the menus to do the maps, whereas yeah. the three, uh, 3DS version, your map is always there. So just that in itself, having that assistance just to look down and see the maps at all times just provided so much assistance and more enjoyment to get through those areas. So I, like, I, I, I take appreciation to that. I honestly think I had more patience. Like I play these 2DS, uh, sorry, I play these 2D side-scroller games now. Like I go back and play your Donkey Kong Country 2s and all this rest of these games and I suck compared to, you know, 12-year-old Dane. Like I don't know whether I just had, you know, better hand-eye coordination, that those quick reactions. I don't know whether I was more patient. Um, I don't know, but I just play these games and I think, to kill these games and now I'm I'm not great. 
I love those games. Like I, I'm loving playing all those. I just recently played through the um, the Donkey Kong Country too, which is one of my favorite games of all, well, like one of my favorite games of all time. You just that that you know that that feeling when you replay the games and you think, man, I, I don't know why, but I just used to be much better at this game <laughs> back in the day. Same thing with Super Super um, Super Mario Kart. I used to be the king of that game. I used to drift all over the place. I would not not drift. You now every time I try and drift, I'm I'm way off the course. I'm smashing into things. I don't, like I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, as much as I try, sort of thing. So I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it is what it is. You just got less time now, in like it. And what you were talking about before, sort of like wanting to move on to the next game. You know, you got a big backlog, so you can't have as much time to sort of work things out and get better skill at one game. You got to sort of move on and. Yeah, because I'm playing through a Cyber Shadow at the moment on Xbox uh, Series X, and you know it's a, it's it's basically like a really you know pretty hard retro platformer, and there are bits which just kick mm. your ass, kick your ass, kick your ass, and you eventually get through it like you would any other sort of retro game. But um, especially because mm. it is available on Game Pass, and you've got so many other options, just like you know this is kicking my ass, so maybe I'll jump out to uh, something a bit easier. <laughs> like you've always got that next thing to move on to. So I think that's my problem. It's probably might be similar for you. Mm. A perfect example is Hollow Knight. I love Hollow Knight. That was one of the games, like, I was playing that and I just fell in love with it up until the point where it just kicked my ass and I just got I just got rage quit all over it. Um, and unlike Celeste where I'd be like, nah, I've got to give this a break because I'm just dying too much, and then you come back and you're like, oh, that's how you do it, or wow, why did, why, I just did that really quickly. When yeah. I go back to Hollow Knight, um, on certain areas, it's still kicking my uh, kicking my pants. So, like, <laughs> for anyone that's that anyone that has finished Hollow Knight, um, you know, well done to you. I need to do that. Yeah, massive, massive. That is an amazing game. Um, and if you go and if you want to go next level and you want to go watch the completionist, complete that game and see how difficult that is. That game is to complete. It's like you know, Celeste is to completely complete that game. Yeah. Next level. They go, I think they go like God mode or God tier mode or something like that towards the end. You, you got to do it like unhit or something like that. That's a great video. Go watch that video. That's that's like how much resilience you need to have to to do those sort of things. Uh, I don't know. But it's another game where I've just said, get to a point, um, you know, too hard, I'll move on to the next thing. But when that becomes too often too frequent, I guess, that's when you sort of just got to recognize that and say like, oh, hang on. Hang on. You were, when you were younger, you would have just given it a break and come back to it. You had no other choice. You know, you've got to keep pushing through. And, um, and I think now that we've just got so much choice now, we can easily move on to the next one. And even especially with Game Pass, like it's pretty much a streaming service with just full of these games. You can literally just go, yeah, I like this game. No, nah, I'm not interested. It's not capturing me. Next, next. I also appreciate that because time is poor. Like time is poor. What does that mean? We, we not many of us, or, or a lot of us, I should say, we just have a limited amount of time. And so, when we all say like we've got no time, we have time. We all have time. Oh, yeah. It's just how we allocate that time, where we choose to allocate that time. Do we sit down and watch Netflix with that time? Do we play video games with that time? Do we spend it with family or do whatever with that time? We all have time. It's just how we allocate that time. This was this and was a, like, that was another uh, lesson Pokemon taught me because I was just like ah. Oh. I really struggled to play, you know, play all these video games, finish games and whatever. Then uh, when Pokemon Sword and Shield come out, play like 20-something hours over the weekend, like finish the game mm. the first night. I'm like, yeah, I've got time. Smash that. I've got time. I just uh, 
I need something that really hooks me to, you know, take me away from TV and phone and, you know, just all, all of the distractions, really. You've got so much stuff sort of pulling mm. you away. So you do have the time. Mm. I just like games, uh, like going on for another tangent as well. I like games that are just, it's sort of like escapism games where it's a good way, it's familiar, it's like your comfort food. Oh, yeah. You know, that's Mario Kart for me. Like you can just switch off and whether it's you with Pokemon, you go just chasing shinies. For me, it's just jumping on Mario Kart. It's familiar. I don't have to think too much heavily into it. I can just sort of close off everything else for a while and just play a game where my focus is on this, but it's not too heavy. Do you know what I mean? And it's something that I'll always, I think Mario Kart for me will always be that comfort food of video games for me. It'll always be my go-to, whatever that looks like, whether it's on the Switch or the Super Nintendo, sometimes you change it up. Sometimes I'm playing with other people. But I think we all each have one of those games. Whatever that game is, as simple as it is, whether it's Tetris, whether it's Pokemon, whether it's a really super hard game where you've got to be heavily invested in it to the point there where it basically just takes all of your attention to do what you need to do. It looks different for all of us, but I think we all have that game or have that series. Um, and I think it's it's good to recognize what that game is and it's good to keep that in your backlog. And, and when it all starts getting a bit too much of uh, they got games coming at me left and right. Sometimes you just need to, you need to jump back onto those games because they are good. They're good for you and they're good to just, just chill out. Yeah, definitely. I've got, um, for me, it's Pokemon, Mario Kart and Smash where I just like, yeah, this is just my comfort food. Then, you know, obviously mm. I absolutely love Mario and Zelda, but you know, if you're playing through a new game or something, yeah, that's a bit more of a dedication mentally to, Sort of work out what you're doing, where you're going, especially Zelda. If you're doing like a, a dungeon you haven't done before, that's not exactly just sit back and relax. That's like really thinking about where's this boss key, get to the boss, how do I defeat mm. this thing? Oh, God, it's killing me. I'm, I'm stressed. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> Maybe I should just go back to work and relax. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, I, def- I definitely uh, can relate to you there. Um, all right, let's, start, let's just wrap things up with a quick question. Um, what would be one of your favorite Pokemon spinoff games? Before we end the show, spin-off games. Uh, does Pokemon Go count? Oh yeah, absolutely. A spin-off game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because like, like I got heavy into that. Hey, when that first came out, I remember. I remember because I'm on the Gold Coast, and so I remember when it first came out. I'd be you know going for walks with my dog, and then have my phone on it, and like, oh, here's a park, and and you know collecting all the going to the pokey stops and like I'd catch the train every day. So it'd be pokey stops all like galore, um, mm. you know, and oh. you'd have your parks and you, you know, you battles, things like that. But to a point there, like it was almost like because, because it was so big and it was so big for, for definitely for me in my circles for a good month or so, I'd go out for dinner in, in like with other friends and we'd go to, like, I remember distinctly we went out for dinner with our friends in South Bank. And there was like, you know, just couples, probably about five or six couples uh, of friends and around a table or having dinner or whatever. And like, I mean, I remember, I remember like just looking at my phone and, you know, looking over to my friend Joel and say, oh, there's a, there's a Chansey over there. You know, you got those Chansey? No, I haven't got the Chansey. All right, well, let's catch that. Oh, Matt, Matt, wait, there's a Cypher over there. And like, just like, <laughs> like everyone was on it, you know, and everyone, and it was great because, you know, people that were just, whether they weren't interested in Pokemon, they just like the augmented reality side of things. You know, it was just different and it was cool. And 
it didn't take much to get involved into it and it became conversation pieces once again surrounding Pokemon that you could talk to your friends about, um, you know, and it was it was something really cool and new. Um, I, I think that was probably my spinoff. That's probably the first one that came to my mind because I was definitely heavy into it. Then I guess as time went on, sort of sort of dropped off and I know it did really well to sort of capture like ongoing updates and doing you know adding on Pokemon and having those special days and obviously you're you're heavy into it um Drew you're only just saying just before that you went out last night with Bryce yeah so yeah Bryce and I went for a bit of a drive went done, done some uh raids and that very very exciting stuff we we're just sitting next to each other just tapping our phones going oh yeah oh, yeah cool yeah awesome <laughs> just, just at each how, other. how how was it like remember like remember i remember when it first came out and you'd like i'd go for walks as i said in the park and people would just be parked to the park yeah you think that's weird i know what you're doing so i'm doing it too but like you'd go to places and people would just be parking there just to just to do like the battles and things like that but then after a while it just became like Oh yeah, no worries. Oh yeah, like socially acceptable. That's fine. No problems whatsoever, sort of thing. Yeah, everyone knew what they were doing. You know, I remember the first time that I saw, um, it was a group of them. You know, like a, a group of people that would get together and go. All right, you know, six of us, seven of us, we're all going to go out and we're going to go hit all these spots. Or you know, and I don't know whether that was for a particular. It's like these special days where things would come and you'd have to battle together. Or it was just the fact that let's just catch up and hit these areas and let's get our, you know, stats or equipment or whatever, our items up. But, like, when you see it once, you're like, oh, what's going on there, you know? But then it's happening all over the place. And so it just became, yep, that's what they're doing. Awesome, you know? And you sort of, you, you know, you knew what they were doing in that. So, But I think yeah, just the fact that it, it sort of just came back and it hit hard and it hit people that – it just brought that conversation about Pokemon back. It was really cool. And, like, you once again – all these people that, you know, have an interest in Pokemon, at the very least, you know, jumping onto Pokemon Go, all of a sudden came out. And it's like that, once again, so that, like that example I said, room, pool, room full of people, everyone has a blindfold, put their hand up if you like Pokemon. Surprise how many people like Pokemon, do you know what I mean? Or a similar interest or, or have a similar experience. And it's the same thing with that. To have something so big to take over, to have people like just get into it was really, really cool. And it's still going. Like you're playing, a lot, a lot of people were playing. And sometimes... Sometimes it only takes someone around you to be like, oh, what are you doing? I'm playing Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, I'm going to re-download that. And the amount of times that I've actually downloaded that game, deleted that game, downloaded that game, and my kids love the augmented reality. You know, they used to run around with the phone and just like, this is Bulbasaur, you know, in my house. This is nuts. And then you'd move on to taking photos of it in your, on your head and all these <laughs> other cool things that you do with kids and things like that. So, no, nah, it's cool. It's really, really cool. What about yours, mate? What's yours? I mean... There are a lot of them. I'm, I'm, I'm not. As I, I am super addicted to Pokemon Go. So really, that one probably is because I, I absolutely love that game since I got back into it a couple of years ago. Because um, in a, you know, where I am, it's rural, so there really wasn't much to do until there was like people started getting the level cap and being able to introduce new Pokestops and stuff. And then the game became a lot more playable and a lot more fun. And the changes over last year as well with COVID and sort of. You know, didn't being able to do remote raids and stuff like that really helped being able to um, play the game a bit better around here. But um, the mystery, the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon series, I always really enjoyed it. The first one was uh, pretty good, uh, just with its you know characters and stuff. But I think uh, sort of the sequel to that on DS was uh, uh, Explorers of Time and Explorers of Darkness. 
And basically, mm-hmm. if Dane, if you haven't played this or anyone listening hasn't played the Mystery Dungeon games, basically um, there's a bit of a story to it, but the premise is like you get to a dungeon, you've got to get to the final floor. So some dungeons might be five floors at the start, but uh, towards the end, you know, you'll be doing like big, massive hundred floor dungeons and uh, each floor is randomly generated and you're going through collecting items, uh, versing Pokemon. It's sort of, it's grid based, but it's still turn based like the games. Okay. Um, so you're going through and um, trying to progress, get to the end and uh, you know, it can be quite challenging, but if you, if you, um, all the Pokemon on your team faint, you get kicked out, you go to the very beginning again and you lose all the items and all the money that you had. So there's a bit of a, bit of an, a, yeah. yeah, sort of a bit of an economy of like, all right, what do I put in the bank when I'm in like the home village location and you know, stuff like that. So I, I really enjoyed that. And those games especially had a fantastic cast of characters. All the Pokemon had such great personalities um, the story was, you know, nice, long, meaty. There was a bit, a nice big twist in there, which was a lot of fun mm. to uh, sort of experience as a kid and uh, just had a lot of post-game content as well. So you can do like uh, different dungeons to unlock like legendary Pokemon that you can try to get onto your team, uh, which was, yeah, just fantastic games. And they um, actually remade remade it for Switch uh, early last year. And uh, didn't I don't know, it didn't seem to have the same magic being in like 3D to me. Um, so mm. not, not quite sure. I, I need to get back to it, but I think that's more to do with a, a conversation before about having a big backlog, having to move on to the next thing, especially as a Nintendo podcaster, have to, you know, keep up a little bit of what's happening on Switch. So I think that's mainly what happened, but Mystery Dungeon series is always a high one for me. But yeah, I think Pokemon Go has it for me because I am, uh, I'm always, I'm playing that every day, literally. And uh, Sean, I ask you a question with a Pokemon Go. Mm. So, so, you're very similar to, to me. So you've jumped in, you've jumped out. What is it about Pokemon Go when you do jump out that brings you back in? Because th- this seems to be a common story that you hear with a lot of people that really get into Pokemon Go, then drop off, then something happens or, you know, something around them. Maybe people jump back into it and then they're encouraged to jump back into it. What is it? What was the last time? Or what do you remember last time that sort of made you go from, ah, I'm off this for a while and then going, no, nah, I'm going to get back into this? Was there anything in particular that made you jump back in? Yeah, well, I, f- I fell out of it because there wasn't much to do around my area. So, but mm. uh, 2018, we went to PAX and uh, I think uh, I just, we grabbed it out. It's still installed on our phones because I never bothered to delete it or whatever. Uh, and uh, yeah, in Melbourne and, you know, it's like, oh, we're in Melbourne, may as well do some Pokestops, catch some Pokemon, you know, because there's plenty to do here. And uh, mm. sort of got it out, had some fun with it, you know, caught some stuff, you know, got plenty of Pokeballs and a bit of a stock up because of just the amount of stuff in Melbourne as far as their Pokemon Go goes and uh, got mm. it home and started, you know, playing it a little bit, sort of, you know, getting back into it a bit and uh, enjoying it, catching stuff, adding to my collection, actually having enough Pokemon to take down gyms and do the whole gym mechanic. And um, there was actually, I was down the street just obviously playing Pokemon Go, not texting or anything, just spinning a Pokeball. And uh, someone, I noticed like another car, car, car of people just like obviously playing Pokemon Go as well, because they will at like at a gym all on their phones, just not texting. You, could, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious body language when someone's playing Pokemon Go. Especially, uh, you you need like a head nod, like this unspoken, like yeah. you know. Sort of like it's like when it's like uh, there's a Bluey episode, and I you probably, you probably res- resonate with this with Bluey, but there's there's an episode there where they um two dads drop off the kids at the um 
at the playground and the dads sort of look at each other and they just give like the head nod as just to say, yeah, you know, mate, how you going? Yeah, not too bad. You know, it's like all, all this conversation in one head nod. But I think that's needed for like Pokemon Go people that are just in the cars be like, yep, I'm here playing Pokemon Go. You too? Yep, yep. You want? Yep, me too. Yep. All done in sort of like a head nod. Are you, are you heavy into, um, you know, with the gyms, like yeah. securing those gym spots or not so much? Yeah, we are. Cause we sort of share it so we can, you can only get 50 coins a day. So you only need to be mm. knocked out of one gym a day. So you can sort of like, okay. you can sort of like share it. And if you're saying that uh, some people have been only been in for half a day or something, you just like leave them alone. But if they've been over a day, mm. they probably want to be knocked out so they can get, they can claim their coins. Okay. So it's, it's a bit, of, there's a bit of courtesy to it. Like you don't knock someone out straight away. So there's a bit of etiquette there. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that. Yeah. You can see how like people be like that, like trolls or whatever you want to call them. Be like, nah, what's this? Bang. Yep. Sort of thing. But I, I like that. I like I've, that. I've done That's that a couple. Of, I've done that a couple of times. I was sitting in the car. I see that a gym is just like blank. There's no color. So someone's just knocked out a Pokemon. So <laughs> I just, I just like literally pull over. I see, I see like the girl, she's like lent against the wall on her phone. I'm like, oh, yeah. so she's just beating the gym. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at my phone while I'm driving, you know, bad, bad Drew. I'm sorry, uh, policeman. I hope you're not listening to this. I go, all right, someone's, someone's gym. I pull over right next to them. I wave to them. They, they don't really know me. So, you know, that don't, I don't think they even saw me. I'm, all like, right. I'm like, oh, okay. So I get out my phone, put a Pokemon in and I just see them like looking about, looking around going, who the, where the hell did they come from? So, so they, um, they like, not, not, they like knock out the Pokemon Put, put theirs back in, then I'm just still sitting there. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I'll no, knock no, them out no, again. No, no. Not up in here. I'm just sort of like watching it, looking around, being frustrated, but like, oh, who who put that there? It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sounds it sounds like it's something like you could be like, hey yeah, watch this, watch this. And it's almost like um I'm surprised that she wouldn't she wouldn't know. Like she'd be looking around, like, who's this? Like looking at cars parked. Oh she's seen us <laughs> sort of drive off yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so the, these people that I saw sitting in the car um, before, like I got talking to to them, and they had a Facebook uh, group chat. So I joined that, and <clears> you know, over the you know the year or so, I you know played more and more, and more, there was more people to do raids with. There's more people to do the whole gym thing with. There's more people to just play the game that's with. Cool. The whole game's about you know community and being social. And while uh, it's not as social as I'd like it to be, there's a lot of like, you know parking in your car and like you think like you'd all get out and all talk and play but no they all stay in the car so it's like it's a bit awkward <laughs> but anyway it's it's it, it yeah, and I, I like that like i like in the sense of like you're all you're all there for the same reason and i think you've all sort of got like a courtesy to each other doing that thing and like yeah it, it's good maybe maybe like and i like the community aspect to it especially in a place where it's like as you mentioned, like, you, you know, you're in rural Australia there, like you haven't got as many things as to say, for example, if you went into like Melbourne CBD, um, but to have other people there, you know, and to join other communities like that, that's really cool. Very cool. Yeah. You'll have to get back into it, Dane, so we can send gifts to one another and do the whole thing. You have to install hey. it again. Come on, mate. All right. If I, if I, if I reinstall it, I know the kids are going to take my phone, just going to do the augmented reality thing and put the, Squirtle on the toilet and things like that. But, mate, if you want to see screenshots of that, because that's what they do, more than happy to send it through to you, mate. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you that. know once I've re-downloaded it again. <laughs> I'll be all about it. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Dane, I think uh, we might leave it there. I, you know, I want to thank you so much for coming on. This has been a great discussion. Always love uh, an excuse to bring you on, talk about video games, Pokemon, life, journey, whatever it is, podcasting. Um, but yeah, man, really thankful for you coming on. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people who, you know, haven't heard you before or whatever be like, where can I follow this man on Twitter? Where can I find his podcast? Because I want to have this man in my ears each month and, uh, let them have it, Dan. Dane, <laughs> where can they find you? <laughs> oh, mate. Thank you. So firstly and foremost, thank you for inviting me on the podcast. So this is my second time. I don't know whether this is going to be the House of Mario, but, uh, mate, it's always a pleasure speaking to yourself. You're an amazing human being, uh, and I'm so happy to call you my friend, and it's always a good time having a chat with you. So um, always good to see your face, my friend, as we uh, hold our pokeballs from the, uh, the, the, the Switch console. Oh, the Pokeballs, mate. Bam! Don't hit any screens. Get my kids to use the uh, the wrist strap. That's how it works. Bam! Um, so, me. So, on socials. Uh, so, you can find me Twitter and Instagram at Dane Peavy, D-A-N-E-P-E-V-Y. Um, yeah, and check out the uh, podcast, Pushing Through Blue. Um, hopefully, as I said, you find some value to it. Uh, fantastic guests that we've had on telling their stories and experiences. Um, yeah, and we've had some really good uh, feedback from the conversation shared. Hopefully, it's something that you can put into your podcast rotation. We do come out once a month. Uh, life is busy at the moment, like for many of us. Um, so I'm hoping to get the next uh, next episode out real soon. But yeah, check it out. There's, there's plenty of episodes there to catch up on. Uh, but when you finish listening to those, make sure you check out Drew and all the podcasts that he and Bryce are doing. You guys are doing so many things, amazing work. You guys are doing a lot on socials as well. And, and I'm, I'm just enjoying the um, enjoying the card openings. I'm enjoying all the podcasts. It's good, mate. So uh, jump on it, guys. And thank you again, mate, for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah, no worries. No worries at all. Um, like I said, absolute pleasure. And uh, check out Dane's podcast if. Uh, if not for him, do it for me. Come on. You know you want to. <laughs> for true. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, guys. The doors to the House of Mario are closed. Catch you later.